Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, visit BetterHelp.com stuff today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash stuff. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Before we get started, yes. we have a big uh, announcement here about a time change on our TV show. Yeah. we Again, we have a TV show. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, we are now on Saturdays, beginning at noon. Uh-huh. They're playing it in blocks. So you can just sit down and basically like totally lose yourself in the SYSK TV world. Yeah, I think uh, people marathon like TV shows these days. I know I do. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Nick and Knight originated this kind of thing. And oh, did they really? The world has been eternally grateful ever since. I, For me, those were the first marathons I ran into. So yeah, to I, me, call, Nick I call and Knight it, originated. <laughs> I call it mainlining. That's what we do at our house. We'll get like a new show and we'll watch like three seasons over two weeks. Yeah. Until we just can't stand it. So, so Science Channel, they know what they're doing. They're yeah. like, oh, you like to mainline the show? Yeah, we're going to give you a taste. We're going to give you a taste. They're not going to put it all on at once yet until they run everything. So over the course of three different Saturdays. Yeah. Beginning February 9th. Uh-huh. February 23rd. Yep. And then March 9th. Starting at noon on all three days. You're mm-hmm. going to see a couple of new episodes yep. each time. Yeah. And then some reruns. Which we like to call classics. Classics. And then... And the final day, was it March 9th? Yeah. You're going to see the Lost Pilot episode. Yeah. Which we can't believe. For is better or be worse, TV. you're going to yeah. see that one. Yeah, the Lost Pilot. Yeah, and you can also, uh, if you guys don't have Science Channel or don't have cable or whatever, and you watch your TV on your computer, mm-hmm. you can get it on iTunes. Yep. You can get it on Google Play. Yep. You can get it on Amazon Instant. That's right. And uh, the first episode is free on iTunes. Yeah. And I know if this is U.S. iTunes and stuff. And guys, if you don't live in the U.S., we are working hard yes, to we, make this available we are. in other iTunes and it's, all over the world. It's important to us that you see it, too. So just hang in there. Yeah. We're doing what we can. We're doing what we can. Yeah. So uh, thanks for the support. Watch yeah. it. It's funny stuff. Yeah, and uh, if you just need to get your uh, your fix of Stuff You Should Know all the time, you should go to our website, stuffyoushouldknow.com. It's yeah. got our podcasts there. It's got our blog there. It's got all sorts of fun videos. It's very cool. So check it out. Great. Now, okay. Get down to business. Let's get down to business. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Charles W. Chuck Bryan is breathing on his glasses, which means it's time for stuff you should know. Is that what that means? Yeah. <laughs> it means my glasses are just dirty always. I think I'm just greasy. It happens. As a human, I just grease things up everywhere <laughs> I walk. 
Everybody who wears glasses gets their glasses greasy. Really? Yeah. So. If you don't, I mean, what? You're like a, a lizard or something. Okay. You don't want that. You want to make your glasses greasy. It's All a right. small price to pay for having hydrated skin. <laughs> gotcha. That should be a t-shirt. I'm sure it will be in the near future. Are <laughs> uh, you doing good? I am doing well, sir. I enjoy these kind of topics where we hit on some nice environmental mm-hmm. uh, things that can help the environment. Same here. Um, this one's beautiful, elegant in my opinion. And I apologize straight off for everyone that was cringing when we couldn't pronounce the river in Paris, France. The Seine? The Seine? The Seine? Or the Seine? The Seine. The Seine. One of those three. Yeah. Our yeah. friend and, and mortal enemy, Joe Randazzo, hates us now because of that. Of uh, ThingX.com? Yeah. If you haven't checked out ThingX.com, go, because they're certainly watching you. Yeah. Some of the former Onion folks from New York split off and made this comedy website and mm-hmm. we're going to be on it soon but we'll, we'll let you know when that happens yeah it's an adult swim web- website too right yeah so despite the fact that joe is angry at us and what do you say how can you guys be adults in the world and not know how to pronounce that how how do you not know how to pronounce the sin yeah i'm like dude uh, i'm not mr fancy pants i'm not in paris every other week all right like you yeah all right that's our joe <laughs> um let's see i've got some horrifying stats for you oh boy Eye-opening, to say the least. Okay. Did you know that one-third of the global food supply goes to waste? Wow. 1.8 billion tons around the world of food go to waste. What's interesting is it's not just developed countries. Developing countries waste about as much food per person as developed countries do. Yeah. I wonder if they waste, though, because they can't help it because they don't have, like, the refrigerators and the storage that we do. I don't know. And here we just, you know. Toss it away like so many discarded, you know. Yeah. Business cards. Well, there's a. <laughs> wow, I was not expecting business cards. I was trying to think of something you just get and throw away. You know what? Business cards. Anyone listening to this podcast, if you were expecting Chuck to say business cards, email him right now and let us know. Yeah, and also please don't ever give me a business card. And if you have in the past, I apologize. Um, it, it, there's like a, a little dirty secret among grocery stores where if a fruit or vegetable produce mm-hmm. it's called collectively um doesn't really look quite right but is totally fine yeah like examples i've seen is um like a slight bruise to a tomato or something like that yeah or a carrot that's not straight enough they just throw it away yeah we've covered that in something can't remember what it seems like we have haven't we yeah it's sad i feel they, they should have a uh well, no, i want to bring it out into the light again well they should have a misshapen fruit and vegetable store where you can buy a crooked carrot <laughs> right. that we're, tastes just as good. We're like one of the, the drawings from the far side, like owns and operates the store. Remember the yeah. people, like they had like crooked heads and everything? I bet people would buy that stuff though. If you, you know, if you uh, don't have as much money, you might want to buy a tomato that has a bruise and just cut that little part off. Sure. Just a thought. I, I, I think it's a good thought. So 1.3, I think I said 1.8, but 1.3 billion pounds, tons of food is wasted every year. That's just food, dude. Um, in 1960, the average American generated 2.68 pounds of waste a day. Uh, today, we're up to about 4.6 pounds a day. You know what it is in Chicago? What? You know, we mentioned Chicago in this article as being uh, overrun with garbage. Yeah. In 2010, the average Chicagoan produced 15 pounds of waste, 15.4 pounds per day. How is that of possible? Garbage. I don't know. And I think we're up like... I think Chicago is up 300% from the 1980s. So I don't know what's going on there, 
but they're like double what they are in the state of Illinois, period. That is really nuts. Yeah, it is. I'm really curious what's going on there. Come what on, Chicago. What are you guys doing? What are you, what are you guys doing? Um, and so overall, we're producing, apparently most of it from Chicago, 230 million tons of waste in the U.S. every year. Oof. Um, and there are there is there are some programs that are set up to where like uh, uh, somebody who runs a landfill mm-hmm. where all this stuff is going and decomposing and producing methane, they may capture that methane, yeah. burn it off, um, or save it and use it for you know productive stuff. Sure. Or there's also um, things called waste to energy facilities uh-huh. that just burn trash. Right. And then the heat from that. That incineration power creates steam that powers turbines that generate electricity. That make business cards. So <laughs> that you throw away. That's right. The circle of life is complete. So I mean, there is there are programs in place that um, that make productive use out of trash. This mm-hmm. is going to be trashed anyway. Yeah. But like that waste to energy facility that's just burning trash that generates a lot of horrible stuff, horrible pollution. Sure. There are actually programs that are even better that could someday be used to power our cars yeah through garbage that's pretty awesome yeah and of course this article starts off with a little back to the future reference how can you not talk about garbage fueling cars without mentioning mr fusion so you thought about that too yeah immediately i told yumi what we were doing she's like oh like back to the future and i was like yeah really of course i mean i love that movie but that's not what i think of with garbage powered cars i forgot that he even does that oh to me that was a big impactful scene at the end when he comes back in the spaceship Cracks open the Mr. Fusion and puts like a beer can and old beer and a banana peel in there. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, is that what the future is going to be like? <laughs> and the answer is no. Well, not too far off, maybe. Well, let's talk about the how Steven Spielberg got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Spielberg. It was Robert Zemeckis. He produced it. Did Spielberg produce it? I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. You just want to blame him for everything. <laughs> get, a, get a beef. Spielberg beef. Um all right, so gasification is what we're talking about, and yeah. it is actually possible in this day and age, right now today, to create liquid fuel that you can burn in your car from garbage. Yeah, um, the the basis of this is something called syngas, or synthesized, or synthesis, or synthetic gas. Yes. But it's everybody calls it syngas for mm-hmm. short, right? And it's the product of, oh, I guess, accelerated decomposition. Yeah, from what they call feedstock, which is basically just your source fuel. And in this case, feedstock can be everything from asphalt and sewage, Mm -hmm. fossil fuels, of course, we know about, uh, to plastics, biomass, and uh, ag waste. Yeah. And garbage, municipal solid waste. Yeah, as long as it's not metal or glass. Yeah. And it's carbon-based, it will you can make syngas out of it. Yeah, that should be in your recycling bin, people. Yeah. That old bed frame of yours, recycle it. Yeah. Um, Although wood, if it's oh, you mean the metal bed frame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that that cheap one that always it's yeah, like, that's so hard to put together and and you like pinch your fingers. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, it's bad news. <laughs> um, so uh, the process of creating syngas um, uses not combustion but intense heat, way more heat than it would take for a normal combustion. Yeah, I think twenty six hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and about a thousand pounds of pressure, but it's in a very low oxygen environment, so yeah. this stuff doesn't ignite, it doesn't burn, it undergoes a chemical reaction called pyrolysis. Yeah, the key here is heat without flame. Right. Or one of the keys. And this is not new. This sounds like the future, but um, 
back in the 1600s in Belgium, they were using wood and coal to power street lamps. And it was called town gas. Yeah. And uh, they did this also during World War II, during uh, fuel shortages. They made sin gas from wood chips and powered vehicles using them. So yeah. it's not like a new thing. No, and uh, apparently apartheid era South Africa did the same thing because they were under international sanctions. Yeah, don't were basically city. cut off from the rest of the world. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> what was the dude from uh, the E Street Band? He was the consultant. Bruce on... Springsteen? No, the other guy. <laughs> Clarence Clemens? No, the other guy. Steve Van Yes. Little Steven? He's who I associate with Don't Play Sun City. Yeah. I he think was like he... a big proponent of that, wasn't he? I think he? he was too. And then he did The Sopranos and forgot about Sun City. And now he was the consultant on the guy who created The Sopranos owed to being in a garage band in the 60s. Yeah, I want to see that. I heard it's good. Yeah, it's supposed to be awesome. Hey there, are you thirsty? Well, before you take a sip, have you stopped to think about what's in your water? Many conventional bottled waters contain PFAS, harmful substances known as forever chemicals. But you can drink water as clean as nature intended. Richard's rainwater collects 100% pure, refreshing drops of rain. Yes, it really is rain, everybody. This rain is caught clean before it hits the ground or becomes polluted with pesticides and contaminants commonly found in groundwater. Yep, Richard's rainwater is naturally pure with no need for harsh chemicals or additives. That means no added fluoride, no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. And you can enjoy the clean taste of Richard's still rainwater and the long-lasting cold-pressured bubbles of Richard's sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And we even have a special offer, don't we, Josh? Yeah, text STUFF to 2512-928887 and you'll get $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's rainwater. Sip the sky. Hey everyone, Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Um. So, okay, so you take your... your Feedstock, which is what we're specifically talking about is garbage today. Um, you take your garbage, say your banana peels, okay? Yeah. And you want to dry them out because that's how it goes. But you it, you put them under in this uh, thing called a gasifier, which depending on whether you make one at home, which there's videos on YouTube for how to make them, or you could go down to Tampa and see one that's that provides power for 60,000 homes. Wow. But a gas fire is this uh, in this low oxygen, high pressure, high temperature environment that produces pyrolysis, um, that chemical change, that chemical decomposition, where this carbon-based feedstock, uh, the volatile chemicals basically separate from it, yeah. and it becomes this thing called char, and the char is further reduced to um, carbon monoxide and hydrogen. Yes, and that is syngas. And that syngas alone could power certain types of vehicles. I think the um, the Honda Civic NGV, and uh, apparently there are in Toronto, of course, in Canada, they're always doing great things like this. Mm-hmm. They have uh, garbage trucks and buses, I think, or no, maybe just garbage trucks that run on compressed natural gas. So you could actually fuel it with syngas um, in order to use that fuel 
what more widespread, you have to convert it to ethanol. Right. Um, and there's a company that's interviewed in this article, uh, how garbage powered cars could work. Coscada? Yeah, I guess that's how you say it. Yeah. Um, and they take syngas and they feed it to a bunch of, um, bacteria in a vat of water. That's amazing. And this vac, this bacteria, equally amazing, are patented. It's yeah. kind of disturbing. <laughs> I don't think life forms should be patentable. But yes, it is a patented bacteria that uh-huh. eats syngas and then expels ethanol. And then they add a little gasoline to the ethanol to denature it so they don't have to pay a $27 a gallon liquor tax. Yeah, that's amazing to me. It's almost the same thing as moonshine until you denature it. Right. So they said add a little gas to it and we don't have to pay that liquor tax. Right. Spirit tax. How much is it like? It's like $27 a gallon. A gallon. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, they're producing a lot of ethanol as much as they can. That's a lot of extra money they don't have to pay just from adding a little gasoline. Yeah. Um, and then what you have is uh, engine-grade ethanol ready to be mixed with gasoline, which if you go to a gas station, there's a pretty good chance you'll see a sticker yeah. that says this gas may contain up to 15% ethanol. It, so your car that you're driving now can run on the syngas created from garbage, mm-hmm. or if you have a flex fuel car, uh, that that can use up to 85% ethanol yeah. and 15% gasoline. So we could use even more of this stuff. Don't they have ethanol-only pumps? Yeah. Like 10 or 15%, they say, are ethanol-only? Oh, is that right? I think so. I might be wrong there. There may be flex fuel with just more ethanol. I, I've seen, I have seen ethanol, but I've seen flex fuel more frequently. Right. And then you see like that 85-10 mixture, 85 gas right. or 15% ethanol mixture like almost everywhere. Yeah, that's how I screw up like every weed eater I've ever had because you have to mix the oil and the and the yeah the two cycles stuff. Gas. Oh man, I always do it wrong. I remember that I used to be like lawn boy. <laughs> why are you so difficult? So um, one of the things you want to do here is, well, first you got to separate all the garbage. That's one of the problems. But you want stuff that's uniform and stuff that, um, if it melts, it's not good apparently. So even though you can use things like diapers mm-hmm. for gas and ethanol, it's pretty awesome. Um, what you want is something more like wood, something carbon-based that will just sort of disappear when it gets hot. Right. Um, and wood is probably the best feedstock for yeah. syngas because apparently sure. it leaves about 2% char behind. Yeah. Uh, and the rest is the rest becomes syngas. Uh, and it's not all syngas. Like, there are other things, especially even in wood, something as pure as wood, <laughs> um, there are impurities uh, if you're burning PVC, plastic, yeah, there's a lot of impurities. But the beautiful thing about um, using a gasifier to produce syngas from any kind of feedstock is it's this closed um, system. Right. And you can control and separate all those different chemicals and impurities out. Mm-hmm. So you just have pure syngas, which when burned has burns at a really high temperature. Yeah. So it has almost no emissions when you use just the syngas. Yeah, and that's no matter what feedstock is originally used. Exactly. Zero emissions. Almost yeah. zero. Because whatever feedstock you use, you can you can sort these impurities out. Yeah. And in some cases you can reuse the impurities. Like if you use discarded tires, uh-huh. apparently there's 188 million scrap tires just sitting around in the U.S. breeding mosquitoes, catching fire randomly yeah, for eight months. Tire fires. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, they figured out that they can use tires, scrap tires, as a feedstock for syngas, and even cooler, after the syngas is separated, you still have that char left over. Yeah. You can use that, and it's more efficient than regular coal. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
So, I mean, there's really not too many downsides to creating syngas because you're, yeah. especially if you're using it as, if you're using garbage as a feedstock because it was going to go to waste anyway, right? True. That's a good point. Um, and I don't know if you'd count them as problems. There are some setbacks. Uh, the reason why this isn't so widespread is that there are setbacks like, um, you know, you got to sort through this waste. You can't just go to your landfill and dump a truckload of garbage. You know, you have to separate it and make sure it's the right kind of stuff. So that costs money. You have to get rid of the bed frames, the glass, <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Yep. And so, uh, and you need to get it fairly uniform. So there is some money, um, and costs involved in, in the, like the preparatory stages mm-hmm. that, probably, I guess, aren't feasible right now in a widespread manner. And then there's also the thing, we've talked about this plenty of times, remember we talk about energy, is the net energy ratio. Yeah. You want more energy put out than you put into it, or else it's just not viable. And apparently a study of biofuels found that almost all of them require more energy. Oh, really? Like the lowest they found was 27% more. Mm -hmm. Sunflower oil, apparently, like a biofuel based on that, requires 100% more. Wow. So you have to put in two to get out one, yeah, or one to one. So that's the battle then to keep making that smaller and smaller. Right, but the beauty thing with syngas is that's not necessarily the case. Now I don't know about this uh, this company. What is it, Costaca? Yeah. Um, what? How Cascata. much more? Uh, Cascada. Yeah. How much more energy it, it requires for them to turn that syngas into um, ethanol? Right. And if they, you know, if there's a net energy loss or a gain or what, but um, if you're just burning syngas, there's it's 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 very elegant, it's very clean, <laughs> it's elegant, and there's um there's like I think it's it's a net energy gain. Awesome. Well, one of the other problems is you got to dry it out too. Uh, you can't throw like you can use waste materials like um, biomass, uh, like leftover pulp and stuff from wood mills. Grass and corn, mm-hmm. but that's moist, and so you have to re- remove the moisture, which is going to cost a little more money. And then the article mentions too. On the other end, you're going to have a little issue with uh, ash producing too much ash, right? Depending on what you use. Yeah, so that's like what you said. Wood is the best because it only produces about two percent. But um, if you're not using wood, you're going to have leftover ash to deal with. But it can, like we found with tires. Burning old tires, you you have that stuff left over, and sometimes it can be useful, depending on what you're doing with it. That's true, and I know they recycle the water used yeah. in the little bacterial process, which is kind of cool. Um, another advantage of creating syngas is I read a study that found you can take CO2 and inject it into a gasifier, and it actually produces more syngas, more carbon monoxide. Oh, really? Right. So that if you can sequester CO2 from, say, like a regular coal-fired power plant and right. bring it to a syngas plant, you can use it for that to convert it into something useful rather than just polluting it. Interesting. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I think if this stuff, like the more you work toward these problems, the cheaper it's, it's going to get. I mean, one of the reasons that petroleum is the way to go is because we've been using it for so long and it's mm-hmm. become like one of the more... Uh, cost-efficient ways to fuel a car. Right. Um, may not seem like it these days, but they've got the process down pat because they've been doing it for, you know, decades. Right. Like, think about 50 or 60 years from now where we might be with some of this stuff. Be using bananas and beer, just putting it right into our car. You never know. How about this dude, Chip Beam? Did you look this guy up? He's the guy that... Oh, the uh, trooper? Yeah, he took an old Isuzu trooper and basically cut the rear... Um, 
covered portion out to where it has like a pickup bed and has a big kettle there where he burns wood chips. Yeah. And he has been running this 88 Isuzu Trooper on wood for quite a while now. 45 miles an hour is top speed. Uh, <laughs> not, not too bad. Yeah, it's good city speed. Yeah, it's getting around town car. And uh, apparently it, it sm- it's the original engine. Like, you didn't have to modify the engine mm-hmm. at all. And it smells like uh, faintly of charcoal barbecue. That's really interesting that he didn't modify the engine. Not uh, the least bit. Isn't wow. that crazy? And he's working on a, a Mercury, a 91 Mercury Cougar. <laughs> His goal is to make uh, the fastest wood-burning car uh, in the world is his goal. <laughs> so I guess 45, he wants to go like 70. Doesn't that just evoke images of like um, Granny Clampett like on a rocking chair on top yeah. of the Clampett <laughs> family car? Yeah. I like this guy though. That's pretty awesome. I do too, but I had a question about his setup. So like if you're creating syngas in like this closed environment, you're able to trap impurities and use them or sequester them or do whatever with them to keep them from entering the atmosphere. Yeah. If you're, if you're creating syngas as you're burning it, what kind of emissions are there from that? I had a question about that. I don't know. I bet we could get in touch with Chip Beam. Well, let's do it. He seems gettable. Yeah. Hey there, are you thirsty? Well, before you take a sip, have you stopped to think about what's in your water? Many conventional bottled waters contain PFAS, harmful substances known as forever chemicals. But you can drink water as clean as nature intended. Richard's rainwater collects 100% pure, refreshing drops of rain. Yes, it really is rain, everybody. This rain is caught clean before it hits the ground or becomes polluted with pesticides and contaminants commonly found in groundwater. Yep, Richard's rainwater is naturally pure with no need for harsh chemicals or additives. That means no added fluoride, no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. And you can enjoy the clean taste of Richard's still rainwater and the long-lasting cold-pressured bubbles of Richard's sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And we even have a special offer, don't we, Josh? Yeah, text stuff to 2512928887 and you'll get $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's rainwater. Sip the sky. Hey everyone, Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com, we've done your homework. You got anything? Uh, no, I I think that's it. We touched on everything. Don't, stop wasting food. What is wrong with you? <laughs> stop wasting food. Yeah, I think that's everything. Okay. Uh, if you want to learn more about garbage-powered cars, energy, all that kind of stuff, you can type any of that into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Also, try uh, typing gasification, G-A-S-I-F-I-C-A-T-I-O-N, into the search bar. That'll bring up a pretty cool companion article that we worked off of as well um and i said search bar which means it's time of course for listener mail that's right josh i'm gonna call this yet another librarian email unless people don't want to hear from librarians anymore i think they need the charge i think i've read like a couple this makes three Guys, I graduated from library school in May and started to uh, work at a small university library in South Texas. Uh, Like many librarians, I've always been very passionate about banned books and censorship. Uh Uh, While in library school, I was the president of my university student chapter 
of the American Library Association, our group, decided to sell T-shirts as a fundraiser. Several of the officers created design ideas, and we asked students to vote on their favorite before we started taking orders. Uh, the majority of students voted for a design including quotes uh, from out-of-copyright books. From out-of-copyright books. Right. Including uh, many frequently challenged or banned books set over a drawing of an open book. Uh, I sent out several emails to students to promote the design and start taking orders. After receiving several of these orders, I received an email from a student who was upset about the design. He was most upset about a Kurt Vonnegut quote. Uh, I don't want to get into specifics of the email, but I was appalled that a library school student wanted to censor our library school group. As librarians, we are obligated to provide information not limited. We ended up using quotes about intellectual freedom, the freedom to read, and censorship in libraries to appease the naysayers. I'm still bitter about the entire situation and can't wait to hang out my Banned Books Week posters on my office door. So uh, her plan, Megan's plan for Banned Books Week, is to read as many of them as she can. That's and a good encourages plan. everyone to do the same. And to eat the uh, traditional Banned Book Week Swedish meatballs. That's right. So cheers from South Texas from Megan. And enjoy those banned books and Swedish meatballs. Yeah, thanks a lot, Megan. Thanks to everybody who celebrates Banned Books Week. Um, if you have a suggestion for a banned book, your favorite banned book, we want to hear it. We'll tell everybody about it. Let's just get talking about it, okay, guys? Um, you can uh, tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com. Uh, you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at discovery.com. And you can visit our home on the web, Stuff You Should Know. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Are you thirsty? Well, Richard's rainwater is caught clean before it even hits the ground. Rain is naturally pure, so there's no need for harsh chemicals or additives. Richard's rainwater contains no chlorine, no forever chemicals, no microplastics, no nothing. Enjoy the smooth, clean taste of still rainwater or the cold-pressured bubbles of sparkling rainwater. Just visit richardsrainwater.com to find a retailer near you. That's richardsrainwater.com. And for a coupon, text STUFF to 251-292-8887 and receive $2 off a 12-pack case of Richard's Rainwater. In business, first impressions are everything. And that's why every business owner needs to know about Ruby. Ruby is the virtual receptionist company who screens, transfers, and takes messages 24-7, all while making your customers feel special. You definitely don't want to hire a subpar front desk person. And with Ruby, they engage with your callers in a conversational way, just like your best employee would. Never miss another customer call again. This year, make your business the best it can be. Visit ruby.com today. Or just call them at 844-900-RUBY.